Hello, my name is Eva, and welcome to part three of the history of the Justinian plague. Last time, we left off as the emperor Justinian recovered from the plague. I also gave an outline of the world of the Byzantine Empire in 542, and how the political maneuvers in and outside of Constantinople left this city vulnerable, not only to devastation by disease, but from patiently waiting and vengeful enemies. This time, I shall explore the where and how of it all, as in where did this calamity actually come from? Now, in previous episodes, I recounted how the disease first manifested on a larger scale in the Roman-Egyptian port city of Pelusium in late 541. But it was not a dormant disease in this area, so it must have come from elsewhere. This part historians can agree on. However, where that elsewhere might be is far more contested. Some historians suggest that the plague moved northwards from the kingdom of Aksum, modern-day Ethiopia, and traveled unseen in merchantwares up to Pelusium. Waves of sickness reported in the accounts from Aksum seem to suggest this, though evidence to confirm if it was indeed the bacteria Yersinia pestis which caused these bursts of sickness is so much harder to come by. Other historians, and it must be said it is the majority of them, hold to the theory that the plague originally came from China and travelled southwest via the Silk Roads to Roman Egypt, from whence it then made its way to Constantinople. This theory is corroborated by recent skeletal finds at the westernmost points of Asia. These found skeletons are believed to be from the early medieval age, so that would put them a little later than the period in which plague devastated Constantinople. But these skeletons bear within them evidence of the bodies having been affected by Yersinia pestis, proving in part that the plague, or a plague, came from the east. However, what it does not conclusively determine is whether the Justinian plague came from this area. It might well have been that the first wave did and subsequent waves did not, or the other way round. We shall never know for sure, and perhaps like many other natural phenomena, the plague erupted in Asia as well as in the kingdom of Axum. What is certain? is that at some point, an epidemic in one of the larger kingdoms erupted and then spread to other cities in their intermingling merchant networks and from there went from epidemic to pandemic of epic proportions, 
which would kill on a scale only surpassed by the 14th century Black Death, which was also caused by the bacteria Yersinia pestis. But returning to Constantinople, by the winter of 542, the worst seemed to have been over for the city. Now, while it is difficult to definitively point to causes for eruption and conclusion of a plague, we can examine the circumstances surrounding the stated points in time. By the winter 542, most survivors would have been immune. Most survivors would certainly have been in contact with one or more infected, and having either not contracted the disease themselves or lived through it, those survivors could be reasonably safe at that point. But, as we know today, bacteria has, like a virus, that unpleasant habit of evolving and mutating. And so those people who had survived the first early onslaught might not be immune to the second and third wave of the disease. And this would prove fatal when the virus returned again and again over the years. By autumn of 542, the weather had also cooled, and that could possibly also have made it more difficult for the virus's host, the rat, to survive in Constantinople. So, while the winter weather may have had a contemporaneous impact in halting the plague in 542, the dramatic weather changes during the mid-6th century may have contributed to the eruption of the plague itself. For the question which remains unanswered is why the plague ravaged at this particular point in history. And one possible answer may be the weather. From 533 to 540, Euro-Asia and parts of Northeast Africa experienced a dramatic shift in the climate. As John of Ephesus wrote, the sun became dark and its darkness lasted for 18 months. Each day it shone for about four hours and still this light was only a feeble shadow. These marked weather changes left several parts of Asia wetter than before making large landscapes cooler and less habitable for wild rodents. And these wild rodents may then have sought shelter closer to human dwelling and urban rats, and therefore made it easier for the bacteria-carrying flea to hop from wild rodent to urban rat to human. Simultaneously, Weather changes had affected harvests, causing hunger and, in some instances, starvation, making the population more susceptible to bacterial disease, including, of course, plague caused by the bacteria Yersinia pestis. These sudden and drastic weather changes in the mid-6th century also impacted the Mediterranean Sea, which even at the best of times was a body of water much given to unpredictable currents. With Roman Egypt 
designated as the breadbasket of the Roman and later Byzantine Empire. Transporting grain from Alexandria to Constantinople without the loss of important cargo ships became paramount. By Justinian's reign, rain was imported between March and November, with ship sailing restricted in the remaining months. This called for large granaries to be built in the port cities, such as Pelisium, where grain was stored until such time that it could be shipped off to the larger cities. And it was in these granaries, as you may recall, that rats, wild and urban alike, found place of shelter, and from there they were shipped together with the grain to Constantinople in the early spring of 542, and there caused the calamity which we today know as the Justinian Plague. While this describes the possible climate and biological background for the plague, social-cultural changes may also have had a contributing factor. After the conquest of Egypt by the Romans in 30 BCE, trading routes to China were secured, and this included the trade of massive amounts of silk from China, with Roman gold going the other way. The silk and gold travelled along the Silk Roads. I recently listened to a history podcast in which I learned that it is more accurate to say Silk Roads in plural, so I am going with that. Anyway, from the easternmost provinces of China, silk travelled to Antioch in modern-day Turkey, from where it was shipped across the Roman Empire. And as Rome became wealthier, the Roman culture changed, with ostentatious wealth becoming far more popular amongst the patricians than it had ever been before. And this wealth and the display of wealth included silk garments, which had, back in the era of the Roman Republic, been regarded as unbecoming of the glory of a Roman man. But not so in the late Roman Empire and never so in Constantinople, where the demand for silk only increased, leading to an ever more energetic trade, which at times was conducted in remote dwellings along the silk roads, where an unfortunate human merchant might be bitten in the dead of night by a wild rodent carrying bacteria-ridden flea. So if the plague did indeed come from China, as many historians attest to, it might have come via the silk trade. Interestingly, and just a side note, China was for centuries the only kingdom to cultivate silk worms, but the Byzantine Empire was the first European kingdom or empire to acquire silk worms, and they did so in 552. It was basically smuggled out from China. But China maintained its near monopoly on the production of luxury silk cloth. So the exchange of goods and possible germs 
persisted for a good century after 552. As I have alluded to, the first onslaught of the plague may have ebbed out in the winter of 542, but it returned to Constantinople and the empire's overseas holdings intermittently until 590, gradually and very painfully sapping the life and not least the prosperity out of this mighty empire. The consequences of this led some historians to point to the Justinian plague as the point of no return, the beginning of the gradual decline of Constantinople. And this we shall explore in the next and final episode of the Justinian Plague. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please consider subscribing to Restless Times in History. Until next time, I have been Eva, and thanks so much for listening.